0: Monday, October the 18th, the year of our Lord, 2021. I'm Raheem Kassam, editor in chief of the NationalPulse.com. Unfortunately broadcasting once again out of the grotesque Capitol Hill. Joined today by somebody who has been AWOL. On the show, Natalie Winters joins us for this episode, which I think I'm going to entitle something along the lines of, is Fauci fucked? Well, we'll find out because we continue to get more and more emails and evidence of Anthony Fauci and his misdeeds over decades, quite frankly. But that's not all. There's plenty more to talk about from the scoops of Natalie Winters. I want to say a great big thank you to all of the new members who have been joining up in the last week or so. Make sure you head on over to fundrealnews.com. That is the only way The National Pulse survives. It's from the good actions of the good people of the Western world, fundrealnews.com. And make sure, ladies and gentlemen, that you are all interacting and sharing the content, stories, podcasts, uh, middle-of-the-night cheeky tweets and posts from me, and especially make sure that you are sharing them on Getter dot com, the real home of free speech. Let's get right into it. Natalie, do we have you?
1: Yes. Hi.
0: Wow. That's what you sound like. I'd forgotten.
1: <laughs> I know. I was about to say uh thank you for having me, but then I, I realized this is our podcast. But I know <laughs> I I don't think I've I don't think I've been on the podcast since we changed the uh the graphic to include me.
0: No, I thought it was so either the graphic for- or you being on the show. Yeah, I was
1: going to say that was the way to get out of it, just to be pictured on the cover art and then I never have to come on. No, I'm, I'm so glad to be doing a podcast.
0: Well, the best thing about that is uh, that you now have to take ownership of everything I say on the shows that you're not on because your face is on. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> uh, we can go back to the old ones.
0: <laughs> well, we're putting out more shows now that I've, I've got my act into gear and brought my studio set up upstairs uh, on Capitol Hill, and and bought, bought a um uh, a, a portable kit, so um, we're gonna have more shows than ever before, uh, and you can choose to be a part of them if you want, Natalie. I don't mind either way. Uh, where in the world I are you right contesting. now? I love
1: podcasting. I know I am in Chicago mm. uh, at school, just learning. Just so in your much, class right uh, now. I'm actually, yeah, I'm in class, <laughs> and in my uh, women and, and feminist politics class oh, right now, uh, oh, it's great, learning all about, Wait, so know, I'm getting know, CRT, a lawsuit all that fun stuff. Definitely, yeah, something tells me they won't be bringing you in as a guest lecturer, uh, yeah. but no, I, I'm in Chicago, mm-hmm. um, I, I haven't been in Chicago for that long, but I guess this is my first podcast back in school. How is um, Chicago. Well, I think about two days ago, they had to uh, hemorrhage about half of their kind of emergency response force due to the vaccine mandates. So it's been a little wild here because I don't think there are a lot of cops or uh, emergency responders, EMT, that kind of situation uh, here. So that's been a little concerning. Um, The mask mandates are really, really annoying. Um, And frankly, it's you know, I don't really like to talk too much about my personal life. I enjoy talking more so about... Oh, you the tell Chinese me about Chinese it all the time. I, <laughs> no, no. I just mean, I'm sure people aren't super interested in everything that's going on at school, mm. but it is very interesting to, you know, given, given the work that we do and, and the worldviews that we hold to be going through college right now and seeing this, I've never liked the word indoctrination, but just seeing how they really force the certain worldview um, on kids Mm. and how easy it is to pass courses, especially I'm a political science major. If you just say the magic words, um, you know, systemic, systematic, problematic, uh, you know, Oh, systemic racism, oppression, all these magical words. As long as you say that the teacher is like, wow, you did the reading, you know, everything. Um, so it, it really isn't even just the kind of just bias on, on campus but it's really interesting to just see the dumbing down of academia and frankly i think that's reflected in what we see going on now at the upper echelons of american society like graduating from from a top school doesn't really mean anything if you can write your thesis on you know what oppression means to me uh, and you can do it in poetry and you can use you probably don't even have to write it in english so it's very interesting to watch kind of the world that we lament about so much um on, on and I'd all
0: kind of be- up before me. Yeah, well, I I was on a, a train last night back down to DC from um, New York, and the train was full. Sitting across from me was probably one of the most annoying people I've ever had to sit near on a train. Just person just kept kicking me under the table, and she was just just. Annoying her own daughter who was sitting next to her, but then sitting next to me. So I had to get that off my chest. Sitting completely unwrapped. Sitting next to me. Yeah, it was you. Sitting next to and And by the way, (laughs) stop annoying your daughter. Sitting next to me was um, this uh, very well put together, college aged white girl, um, very nice manicured nails, AirPods in, and she had this textbook out, and the whole textbook was. institutional racism and this thing was like 500 a4 pages thick and she was going through and you know like girls do they just highlight everything in a textbook she was just going through highlighting every single thing and making these little notes about like how bad it is to be white in the margin of this book and 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 making like uh, I, I was just glancing over at some of the chapter titles you know anti-capitalism stuff and all of that and she's just lapping it up And, um, you know, she's got her AirPods in. And I just thought to myself, this is is just such a, such a, oh, I don't even have a word for it. It's bullshit. It's just bullshit. And I just didn't even realize the extent to which this was pervasive. Because, you know, I'm 35 years old. I, I haven't been... You know, near a college campus in in a long time, Your Honor. Um, but but <laughs> you know, I didn't realize that this wasn't just something that you know the teachers were teaching or showing a few videos. But I didn't realize there were big, massive, professional, like in, in industrial scale textbooks that were being made. I, you know, when I was when I was at college none of none of that existed like just none of it existed and the, to the point where it did come up at all it was in a seminar where some person with a Che Guevara t-shirt on would make mention of racism or whatever and kind of everybody else would just just laugh at them and mock their foreign accent No, i'm kidding um, but but you know it just wasn't it wasn't a, a a a you know institutional in and of itself and i i just i guess a lot of people my age plus don't quite realize that actually, um, whatever you're studying at university, it's a good chance that half of what you're studying is completely unrelated to the study topic, but actually related to, to, to cultural Marxism.
1: Totally. And it's, it's very interesting because I always think a good litmus test of what is kind of considered cool and acceptable on campus, uh, I would say both words I would not describe myself as, (laughs) at least with regards to New Chicago. Um, But it's the kind of questions that students feel comfortable asking professors. And I also think that that kind of, at least in lecture, kind of reflects what they're absorbing from from the reading, from the material. And without fail, any kind of discussion-based course that I'm in, the person who raises their hand nine times out of 10, the question is something along the lines of, Well, we know that capitalism is an exploitative system that, you know, relies on exploiting brown bodies who have forever been oppressed by white. I mean, it's like it's like a joke. It's like the SJW meme, but it's that in the flesh. And everybody asks questions like that. I'm surrounded by people who think like that. And it's just so funny because coming from, you know, I guess I spent kind of a year and a half, two years out of college while still being a student. Um, and it's just so weird to be back in an environment where that's the norm, and that's how everyone thinks, and they don't even see. It's not even that they think that they are Marxist or that they think that they're culturally Marxist. They think that that's just how the world is. And I think to me, that's where I I feel helpless because I'm like, you know, no. Uh, the reason why, for instance, in one class, they were lamenting that they're like weren't enough women of color who were scholars in this like extremely nuanced form of I don't even know what I don't even remember the subject they were like and it's it's racist because they're celebrating that there are only female scholars but they're all white and like everyone in my group like just rolls their eyes and they look like so mad at just the world and I was like what? The heck? like I'm it was just the most absurd thing mm. that I've ever experienced and it's really concerning, too, because, you know, UChicago is a, is a great school in the sense that, you know, these are kind of the next generation of leaders. These are the people who are going to be running the corporations and, and Wall Street. Again, we know that they don't really like the MAGA movement to begin with, uh, any uh, Fortune 500 company. But at least to me, the the writing on the wall is there. This is kind of the, the next generation of people who will be just entering the workforce, mm. um, And they've never even been exposed to anything outside of cultural Marxism to the point that they think that a Marxist worldview is, you know, that's, it's just a worldview. That's just the way the world is. Um, It's it's very weird. I feel like I don't, I don't watch a lot of movies, so I don't know what the proper film reference would be. But I always joke that I feel like, like an alien that's been like dispatched down to earth to like infiltrate a college campus or something because I'm just so at odds um with so many of, of the kids here so it's been well, I, very very fun being here <laughs>
0: i think we might there might be a, a, a an entire weekly show in this you know dispatches from the wasteland or something um where you, you tell us the crazy stuff that happened on campus this week as long as it doesn't get you kicked out um <laughs> I
1: mean, i'm trying to choose my words very carefully yeah but yeah. Uh, but no people have to know because you know, this is in in some ways whistleblowing, I don't want to say, but, but why, people why, need but to know why, what's going on. It shouldn't even be considered that. Why, why, why
0: should... Yeah, exactly. Why shouldn't they know? Why shouldn't people know? I mean, you talk about people going into the workplace. My bigger concern is that they're not actually going to be going into the workplace. You know, these... There's, this, there is this entitlement now in this generation, and COVID has only sped that whole thing up. That hey, why do we actually even need jobs? Let's just jump to the you know Andrew the the Andrew Yang you know eventual eventuality logical eventuality of all of that stuff that he's been positing for so long, which is cradle to grave uh, communism, and that's what we're seeing across the board right now. So let's get into a few of the stories that you've been covering because I think. When you, when you take all of these things in the round, and th- you know that is really what the National Pulse is, ladies and gentlemen. It is, it is not designed to be a, a news site that, you know, if somebody dies, we're going, oh, Colin Powell dies, and you put it on the front page or whatever. That's not what we do. We're not a newswire service. Um, you you got to look at it as... Taking-
1: we, we, we make too many typos to do
0: that. <laughs> well, I don't know. Have you read Reuters recently? I think your copy might be better. Um, and that's, that's saying something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so so you know you got to take all of these stories and all the themes and everything that you see on the pulse in the round um you know national pulse readers subscribers listeners should know that this isn't like dipping into um you know breitbart.com or something and just kind of picking and choosing what headlines you want to read this is a honestly this is a, a holistic and immersive experience um, this is, which is, by the way, going to be the new <laughs> wow. strapline under the National Pulse on the website. It's not real news and investigations anymore. It's a holistic. I don't even remember what I just said. An immersive experience. Um, but it is. It is. And 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 philosophy is that. And, and, and political philosophy is that. It, you can't really do those things in half measures. And I realize that's not for everyone. And I realize it, it takes a lot more time than people have on their hands uh, but as I say, the government's going to just start paying you to stay at home anyway, so you will have a lot of time to consume this stuff. So, <laughs> nasty, let's, um, let's talk about one of the big ones, which is you have continued, while everybody else seems to have given up, by the way, uh, to obtain emails from uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, or rather Mr. Anthony Fauci, and, um, and uh, his, um, his wife, uh, I forget the name... Christine, Christine Grady, what, Mr. Christine Grady, yeah. And um, <laughs> so, let's talk about those. What have we learned from the things that you've dug up so far? And 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 tease us a little bit with with what else you're inquiring about through these uh, Freedom of Information Act requests.
1: Sure. So we put up two stories that related to these FOIA requests that I had filed. I think it was probably a few months back. Frankly, I was surprised. We ever heard back from them, let alone they actually forwarded us uh, a lot of these emails. But very interestingly enough, the the percentage of emails that they've redacted, as you could probably imagine, has been very, very high. You're talking like 60, 70, 80 uh, percent per FOIA request. So that means we can't see it's the kind of grayed out um, text. But from what we can see, I think I think the emails that we got really kind of shoved some insight into the mind more so of of Anthony Fauci and, of course, his wife. So, in particular, we had one email where you see Anthony Fauci getting an email from his, basically his kind of chief of staff, um, a guy named Greg Folkers. And Anthony Fauci feels compelled to, to forward this email to his wife, which is titled, Fauci Gets His Own Action Figure. And it goes on, it's an article from The Hill, and it talks about how some toy company was creating a eerily lifelike doll of Anthony Fauci for children to play with, which at face value is very concerning. Uh, but if you set that aside for a second, he forwards it to his wife and she responds, it is endless, dot, 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 you've been immortalized, smiley face. And I think that, I don't know, I said that to you and I said, these people are so weird. Um, but I think this speaks to something that we've kind of been raising the red flags about with Anthony Fauci, which is this kind of new development of scientism, really Fauciism, where he is, you know, the, the high priest. Um, and I think that that's just a very odd response. I mean, I think it's weird to forward that to your wife to begin with. Um, but within that FOIA request, um, he also, there was an article documenting how a lot of people are dying in Norway from getting the COVID vaccine. And he just kind of sends the email to his wife and she just simply responds, yikes, uh, nothing else on, on the text or the email chain, rather. Um, and then, lastly, the other email that we had uncovered. Um, to me, this was the one that I was probably most excited about because it affirmed and confirmed reporting that we had done months back. Um, people may recall we had an exclusive story talking about how the Galveston National Laboratory, which is basically a pet project of the NIAID, which is South East NIH ag- agency, um, and we were documenting how this lab was training a lot of the top researchers who are working at the Wuhan Institute of Virology for years. And what they were training them was actually how to work with, quote, the world's most dangerous pathogens, Mm. end quote. That was from a slideshow where they were pointing out uh, that was made by the director of this lab, who's received a ton of money from Anthony Fauci, of how the Wuhan Institute of Virology was really a, a case study, but really a success story. And how they had trained researchers particularly in working at that biosafety level four lab, um so that was bad enough right we had already linked Fauci there by funding this lab to the Wuhan Institute of Virology even to the BSL-4 facility um but then in this email again if Anthony Fauci wants to say oh I was busy I didn't know this was happening you know you can't expect me to know everything that's going on in my agency you see that the director of this lab the Galveston National Laboratory, James LaDuce, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, um, he emails him a, a long email, a couple paragraphs, talking about how they're actually hosting a delegation of people from the Wuhan Institute of Virology from their biosafety level 4 facility, how they're coming to this NIAID, again, taxpayer-funded lab, and they're basically going to swap secrets, and they're going to talk about how to best manage lab, laboratories and work with, again, these very dangerous pathogens and Fauci responds you know oh I I'm, I can't make it I'm busy um, but no no inkling of is, are you sure that's a good idea are you sure we should be training a Chinese Communist party and Chinese military linked lab he's totally okay with it um, And again I, I think for people who want to be ahead of the curve and understand not just kind of the broader narrative of the origins of COVID-19 but how deeply enmeshed the Chinese Communist Party is in all aspects of America, I think the story is a perfect example of that because we sourced it even without Fauci's emails. Um, and then a few months later, it's confirmed um, in- internally. And, you know, if you've been reading the National Pulse, you would have said, that's not a shocker. I've known that for a while. So that's just some of the stories that we've had up from just two of these FOIA requests. I've filed a ton more. I'm happy to be a thorn in the side of the uh, NIH FOIA office. Um, but I guess I have to be kind of nice or else they won't turn over any of the documents.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true. And, uh, you know, I think the more detailed that these, that these FOIA requests are, the more that they have to kind of comply because, you know, then it becomes just very obvious what they're doing. But tell us a little bit about, you know, the rate of redaction in the responses that you're getting. Cause for every one email we put up, I would say there are what about, Ten to fifteen, maybe. Maybe that's. I don't know if there's too much or too little, actually. Um, but it feels like that's kind of. I right calculated to me if, the number oh, somewhere. Okay.
1: I have to find it. Okay. Well, um, no but no, it's, right it's very interesting. Uh, no, no. no. Oh, <laughs> they've hit an. Oh, they've hit an over half. And for one, for one FOIA request that I had uh, submitted with terms Wuhan uh, and I, like Wuhan Institute of Virology, any kind of iteration of that, um, they. They found 337 pages, um, and 52% of them were, were withheld from the national pulse, which I also think is very interesting. And I think, again, after readers of the national pulse, uh, you know, all these narratives, I think, kind of converge. But you remember Anthony Fauci when he, when the first kind of real headline hitting, um, batch of emails of his hit, this was a few months back, he was on, forget what program it was. I think it was maybe, NBC, and when they, they were kind of pressing him as much as the mainstream media would press Fauci on anything, um, pressing on the emails, he kind of jokes and says, Oh, it's not a smoking gun. I don't even have any control over what's going on. I don't even know what they release. Um, but then there was a separate lawsuit that actually Judicial Watch had filed. Um, and in that lawsuit, they were saying, Oh, well, the reason why it takes time and why we can't grant you expedited processing because Anthony Fauci has to personally review every single email that we release. So there's some kind of incongruence there, I think between the the storyline of how they release these emails and how they decide what gets released. You know, in particular there was one email, I think I had sent it to you um, where they're talking about Trump. They're talking about, again, one of these very narcissistic emails talking about how like Fauci is more popular than Trump. No one likes Trump. Everyone loves Fauci. I think the the polls would disagree, but, um, they totally, they being the NIH office of, of FOIA affairs, um, they totally redact the email to the point where you can really only see like the headline and the article that they send. Um, and I think that they know because I'm sure what's being said in there, um, is is not the kind of thing, uh, to president Trump. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very interesting, um, to, to read all their emails, um, and just to see kind of behind the scenes
0: well I you know I think that's one of the more interesting parts of all of this that we are going to find out at the end of it which is what have they been saying and why are they, why are they blacking it out when they, when they send that, those emails back to us in those FOIA requests and it's not like those things can stay a secret forever so you know the question I pose at the beginning of the uh, of the podcast is Fauci fucked I mean what say you
1: well, just one, one last thing on the emails, mm. because t- to me, I've never even understood why they would act anything to begin with. As someone who has watched, I, I won't even admit the, the number of hours that I've spent watching Anthony Fauci give, give talks, but amidst the, the debate about the gain of function research, one of the kind of general refrains from him, and frankly, anyone in the NIH kind of area, was that the government, specifically Anthony Fauci's office, doesn't fund any type of classified or confidential research, um, either in actually funding it, the the outcomes, the products, you know, what they're dealing with. There should be no secrets because they say, you know, the it's America, the American people's tax dollars. They should be able to see what's going on. Right. So to me, that's the kind of question. So then what are you redacting? Um, you know, it's purely political, I think. Um, but your question, I don't know. I mean, I, I go back and forth. Um, I, I'm not someone who likes false hope. I'm not someone who's going to say, you know, 90 times Fauci's going to be in jail tomorrow because I don't think that's the case. Right. Um, but I think I the, think the Fauci. Yeah, <laughs> a week maybe. No, um, you know, I think being a realist. I, I do think that Anthony Fauci will suffer a similar fate to that of Peter Doshak and that the legacy and the reputation of these people will be severely tarnished, um, at least by, you know, your average American person, uh, right? You remember just the working class. So I think most people dislike Fauci, but I think within those establishment circles, which I think are what these kind of narcissist types care more about, I don't think his reputation will, will ever be assaulted. I think they'll always think that, you know, he was always under unfair assault and, and attack from, um, you know, the crazy people on the right wing. Um, but I don't, but I don't know, you know, because Peter Doshak, you know, for instance, the Lancet Journal removes him, which is obviously an establishment body, um, you know, but on the other hand, EcoHealth Alliance has also been appointed, point, which is Peter Doshak's group, has also been appointed to a lot of kind of post COVID-19 uh, pandemic advisory boards. So it's kind of, kind of this fine line between, you know, can you say these people are, for lack of a better word, cancelled? Um, but then also, they're still kind of on the scene. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, it's. I think it's too soon to tell.
0: Well, it does seem like some wheels are turning, and I, you know, I'm the same as you. I don't like false hope. I don't like false um, um, narratives. And but I look at I look at Francis Collins right, and I I understand that he's going to go and. Sit in some cushy job or whatever, but I do think it signals to the world that this person who has presided for so very long over this institution for so very long, and I don't mean just the NIH, I mean the institution of the you know pharmaceutical. Everybody always told me at the beginning of the pandemic, don't touch, don't touch Francis Collins. Nobody can touch Francis Collins. He'll be there longer than you'll be alive, Raheem, and and he's not. And I think and I think that they are they are now beginning to fear that. Um, the, the backlash, or the lashback, as you would say, of the... <laughs> um, of the it's a uh, great word. Yeah, it's a great new word, um, of, of, of of everything that is coming down. And I, I just wish, look, we could expedite the process of, of all of this. If every reporter on the political beat in Washington, D.C., actually bothered to do what you do, which is ask those questions and go through the visitor logs and figure out exactly what's going on. You know for a fact, I mean, you and I know for a fact that in about six to eight months time, somebody over at Politico, or what's that new one, Punchbowl, or something, will report, you know, Fauci was funding Wuhan studies after all, we just found this out, you know, and and they didn't just find it out, because I know they all read us, I get feedback from all of these people, um, but it just has to work in there, in the time frames that the, frankly, whatever Big Pharma wants, and whatever the People who sponsor those news outlets, which is predominantly nowadays Google, Microsoft, Facebook. Uh, am I missing any others who sponsor Axios and all those guys? I think those are the big ones at the moment. So you know, the, the world and the news kind of works to their timetables, but hey, you know, we'll always be there first, and and that applies to a lot of different things as well. Um, I think there is, I think there is a lot of cause um, to. Go back and go through and actually start resharing some of our older stories, Natalie, because, you know, the things that are now known as, you know, oh, yeah, obviously, are the things that we were saying and, 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 and that we've been, I mean, I say cancelled, I, I am uncancellable. I, I, you know, I feel that uh, what is this now? I've got, I've got another phone call coming. I, can't, I won't take it, but I've got another phone call coming in. You
1: <laughs> should have him on the podcast. It's Harlan.
0: It's Harlan, So I don't. Know. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> um, I won't put him. I won't put him live. But um, yeah, I just think, I just think now is the time to start going back through it. And look, I won't say we cancel cancelable because. I, I just don't care enough about the approval and approbation of these people to have this situation whereby they can actually, you know, really cause me any any existential harm. Um, but we lost we lost our uh, our biggest advertising partner about a month ago. That cost us something like forty thousand dollars on the year. Um, these things really, you know, they 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 do try and hurt you. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to help us to bridge that gap, FundRealNews dot com is the website, and and it gets us away from having to rely on. Uh, external people to to monetize the site but yeah i i think time to go back and go through and sort of maybe even do you know that roundup you did the other day um i think it was the francis collins one actually um yeah yeah that doing that just over and over and over as steve used to teach me over at uh at breitbart wash rinse repeat wash rinse repeat those are the ways that you get the um that you win the narrative so what else should we be looking at what are the other stories um that you've had up lately
1: uh, something that i found very interesting again kind of tracing the origins of covid19 That never-ending quest uh oh. has kind of reached a, a new episode in this saga uh the world health organization which i'm sure anyone oh, listening yeah. well, this is a to big this one. podcast is, is a huge fan of no is is uh not not a big fan of at all maybe um, we need to set up a want-
0: website fundrealscience.com
1: maybe I should just major in uh, biology and become a scientist. So like, I can't even say that with a straight face. I am I am not good at science and I'll, I'll leave it at that. Although it's very <laughs> funny. I was walking around um, the, I had a, a lab today yeah. and I was walking around the facilities and they had a poster and it had to do with this kind of dual use research of concern, gain of function research. Mm. And it was literally like, make sure you're talking to your, like, NIH supervisor if you think your uh, research may fall under this kind of area, this this flag or whatever. And i was like, oh, I, I know that. I know what's happening. Um, so that's, but that's about where my uh, knowledge stops. Mm. But uh, what we do know about science is that it is very, very heavily invested in and influenced by the Chinese Communist Party um, and their pals in the establishment over here in the United States, uh, but really, I guess, all, all the way to the global bodies like the World Health Organization. And I think perfectly on display, they released their, their second string, I guess, of, uh, COVID origins investigators. People may remember this was, this was the first group was how Peter Doshak really became famous. This is, of course, Peter Doshak of the EcoHealth Alliance and the Fauci funded researcher collaborating with the Wuhan Institute of Virology. But a lot of these scientists that we dug into, who had very extensive ties to the Chinese Communist Party and even the Wuhan Institute of Virology, that they didn't disclose at all. And they pretended to be neutral arbiters of of the origins of COVID 19. Uh, So, of course, no surprise when the report that they released said, So the virus didn't leak from a lab or wasn't released from a lab. People who say that are crazy. So there was enough scrutiny over that, that they had to launch a new investigation. But again, uh, I'm not holding my breath just like when the Biden regime says they're going to get tough on China, you know, kind of hard to do that when your whole entire regime is staffed with people who've been on the CCP dole for decades, (laughs) uh, and kind of very similar issues here, uh, Of the 26-person team that they announced, six of them are holdovers from the, I guess, from last year's effort. Um, One of them who kind of notoriously dragged or just was totally okay with the fact that the investigation, I'm using air quotes, hand quotes, um, wasn't even an actual audit into the lab. They just like said hi to the Wuhan Institute of Virology researchers and asked them how they were doing. And that was it. Um, And she was like, that's what we did. It was totally fine. So you got that lady on there. It sounds like someone who will definitely hold them to task. Um, but very interestingly enough, again, for people who've been reading the national Pulse, you kind of start to feel these narratives converging, which I think is just a, a byproduct of the fact that we tell you the truth. So it's like, oh, that's why the reality that we tell on the national polls it manifests in front of you um, because it is, as you say, people funded and it's, it's truth. There's no agenda right. uh, behind it. But very, very interestingly an individual who signed on to that notorious Lancet statement, uh, which really kind of influenced very heavily uh, the mainstream media and even kind of the scientific community's approach to the origins of COVID-19, whereby they said COVID-19 developed naturally, and anyone who says otherwise is, you know, fueled by racism or whatever word of the day they chose. Um, And an individual who actually signed that letter which later had to basically be redacted or, or clarified, I guess. Um, he's also on this World Health Organization team, which again is not just a conflict of interest because it's evident where his allegiance lies when it comes to the hunt of origins of COVID nineteen. But I also just kind of tells you on a on a moral level what kind of people you're dealing with—people who will, you know, just lie to your face. Uh, for, for an advantage to be part of a Lancet statement, right? When Anthony Fauci lies to us about how you don't need to wear masks. Now you need to wear masks. I think it just kind of tells you what type of people they are. Um, but if you don't you know, take issues with the with the morals there, we also have, a I would say, more kind of hardcore boots on the ground compromise um, in the form of, okay, I'm going to attempt to say the name, and I'm probably going to laugh. You might laugh, but um, I don't even know if I can pronounce this. It's Super Porn Watchera plus a D. <laughs> That's wait, the name. Wait, 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 wait.
0: Okay, hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Slowly. This is a person's name. Oh, um,
1: no. I don't I even know why I did this to myself. Um, <laughs>
0: you dropped this
1: out. I know. <laughs> okay, the name is... This is a, a real a, person's girl. name. Yes
0: okay you, you do it and i'll try and do it too this is a new person on the who team. people know
1: i'm really bad at pronouncing stuff yeah. okay super super porn watcher up
0: okay i will gonna have a try now as well okay
1: super porn
0: <laughs> watcher up plusadi okay
1: so, i don't know why we're
0: being so immature about this but
1: so now you gotta that you take the joy like- where you
0: can ladies and gentlemen
1: yeah, this shows you how dark it is. is. Um, but that's like the only... I just... Well, anyways, she's from Thailand. Fun yeah. fact. Um, but even though she's from Thailand, I think she's a good friend uh, of Peter Daszak. Um, And I, I say that because she was actually listed as one of these kind of co-investigators, co-researchers yeah. um, on a 2020 grant filed by EcoHealth Alliance. Um, it's kind of... For this grant was the the notorious one that people may have, have seen it was making the rounds not just on social media but also in, in news outlets it was um, on the side because... of
0: in d c wasn't it
1: yeah, um, but they talk about wanting to construct quote chimeric stars like that coronaviruses um it was unearthed I believe originally by drastic um that back grant, and this lady supercorn. Oh. <laughs> <is listed. laughs> <laughs> listed on there as one of the researchers. Mm. So again, it just kind of goes back to the issue of, you know, why are you appointing the people who helped create this problem uh, in the first place to be the people who unravel it? And frankly, I think we did a you know a podcast about this a little bit ago. Um, but I think that that's the issue that we see going on now, mm. at least in the Biden regime. I think especially with this financial stuff, you know, I'm I'm more of a china hand i guess i would say in the sense that i focus on on the world the perspective of what the chinese communist party is doing but you know the people at least in the biden regime that are being tasked with really trying to salvage and kind of rectify the situation with the chinese communist party Mm. are the people who created the situation in the first place either explicitly because they've been in government before or they were the type of, let's call them what they are, treasonous, traitorous Americans who were taking money from, in various forms uh, from Chinese government entities to kind of push the pro-Beijing line. Um, and I think that's exactly what, what you see going on. And that's the issue. <laughs> that's the issue with society. No, but it, it really is. In every aspect, from the World Health, Organization, World Health Organization's COVID investigation team all the way to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, the people who are not just trying to solve these problems, these alleged problems, but who are trying to tell us how to live our lives are the people who created these problems in the first place. And unlike any other sane world, uh, they'd be on trial and, and sitting in jail. But instead, they're sitting in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue um, and up at the World Health Organization, the UN, um, and, and denigrating us, forcing us, what, telling us what to do with our bodies. Um, and it's it's maddening, I think.
0: Well, it's maddening, but I think it's it's far more than that. I mean, you look at you look at everything you mentioned at the beginning about the police uh, in Chicago. We're seeing the same thing in San Francisco at the moment as well. I mean, this is this is the Great Reset, right? This is designed to put people out of work. This is designed to change the way the economy works. It's designed to you know let uh, what's her name the um, the little um, climate girl Lori
1: Lightfoot no. Oh. <laughs> 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 Good one. okay i know i actually okay people who listen to the show know that a common refrain of raheem is natalie stop doing stuff on your computer and listen to me but now that we're not in the same room i can be on my laptop so i was kind of spacing out and i just heard little girl and i thought <laughs> you were talking about Lori Lightfoot.
0: <laughs> no that's a little frog um the, the the Greta Greta thunberg right she's out there and singing uh, Never Gonna Give You Up on stage and dancing around. Doesn't really look to me like somebody who's deeply concerned that the earth is going to end in seven years. But, you know, but this is what this is all designed to do. And by the way, I'm the exact same way. I was zoning out myself. I was like going through a couple of emails and just realized like, oh, wait, we're still recording.
1: We just record a podcast and it's just silent. Like every 15 minutes, one of us
0: says like, oh, are you good? Are you good? um well but i want people to understand why like why that is and why we do that i mean well totally totally i mean i cannot do one thing at a time i cannot just focus i can't watch tv
1: i can't watch movies i can't watch anything that's not on two times speed it's so bad it's but it's okay because we have to take down the ccp but yeah it's it's a problem
0: i was um this morning i just you know i bolted out of bed i went for a run but i was like i was trying to do like i was trying to like text people while i was running and you know just a total i was at the gym listening to a podcast and then listening to an audio book and it's just a total like you know overload of information and then we got to sort through it and then present it to to the rest of the world as if we're not weirdos so that's the hardest part
1: we're definitely weirdos. <laughs> so, <laughs> I agree with everything you said,
0: except that. So plus que change, plus Scalamem la même chose, or whatever the French say, the more things change, the more they stay the same for the WHO's uh, COVID Origins Committee. In your mind, why are they even bothering to do this at this point? You know, do, uh, do you think anybody out there is going to even take, you know, apart from the people that, you know, apart from the Jim Shootos of the world, um, is there anybody out there who is going to take what the WHO say about this seriously anymore?
1: I'm going to steal a word that I've heard a lot in class lately, and oh, I'm yeah. going to say it is performative activism. Mm. That's one of the mm. SJW left favorite like things to, right? I like that. Um, What is that? So performative activism, in in their minds, is when. I think that when you're talking about like the allies so these are like the white people
0: yeah.
1: who who can't actually understand the struggles that non-white people are are going through mm. because you know of course um their activism right when they post pictures of the blm logo or when they say black lives matter it's not because they actually feel it mm. it's just because they want the whole world to see them doing it they want to be accepted which like yeah probably but um, you know, you can't do that um, anymore. You have to like devote your whole life, your savings and your firstborn child to the Black Lives Matter movement or else it's just performative activism. Um, but I think that that's what the WHO is doing in the sense that they know they're air quotes, against reputation, not that there was a strong one to begin with. was so tarnished from that first round. And I think it was a, a very easy kind of accusation to make against the body that, oh, you had so many compromised people on the team and their conclusions were so bad mm. um, that you need to do a round two. So they're like, okay, we'll do a round two. We'll waste, you know, thank you know, thanks to Joe Biden, they can waste our taxpayers' taxpayer dollars doing it again. Um, right. But yeah, I think they're just doing it. Also too, you know, and this is something that I, I would frankly love to do a longer podcast on, but there's kind of a weird development, I think at least in establishment circles of like, we're not, actually say get tough on the chinese communist party but we're going to pretend we are we're going to pretend that we're in a battle of you know democracy versus authoritarianism and we need to take on china um even though secretly they're investing you know millions and millions of dollars in their companies every single day um but i think again that is a perfect example of performative activism frankly um where i think that the elites in these circles You know, they they don't want the jig to be up in the sense that they want everyone to think, oh, no, we're very anti CCP. We're very anti China, but they're going about doing it in a very, very establishment way. So instead of saying, hey, you know what? We're going to take your stock off of our, you know, stock market exchange. We're going to uh, ban any foreign direct investment from China into the United States. Oh, you want a visa into the U.S. and you're a CCP member? Sorry, no, thank you. Uh, Until you turn over the, you know, all the viruses samples and data that you've deleted and actually open up the lab um, they'll never do that so again it's just performative activism oh we're going to do an investigation into the origins of COVID-19 and we're going to use the utterly compromised the you know who's who of CCP sellouts uh, no pun intended the WHO Mm. um, to do so so that's that's my take on it
0: well, this is this is what I tweeted this morning. You know, um, Bradley Thayer had an article up at the Epoch Times saying the U.S. should not assume it has the luxury of time in its confrontation with China. And I said, look, I agree with the premise, but the problem is it, it presumes that American leadership and the, the American political establishment even wants to win in this confrontation with China. And I just don't think they do. I just think it's got to the point now where they have realized, I mean, you look at what we've heard in the last week about these supersonic ICBMs or whatever it is. I, I, you know, it's 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 now you're starting on the back foot. If you even try to uh, see down the threat of the Chinese Communist Party, you have to realize you are not in front. They are not about to overtake you. They have overtaken you. They have out muscled you, you, you. They have out thought uh, you. They have out strategized you. They have out propagandized you. And you are you are now, I wouldn't say you're even on the back foot. You're kind of still, you know, asleep in bed while the Chinese Communist Party is its running shoes on is halfway down the National Mall in more ways than one.
1: I, I totally agree. And I, I think that there's like a perfect example, a story we put up that confirms that narrative. Again, I think it's just because the narratives that we help kind of footnote Uh, are just that we're footnoting them and not forging them out of you know fake data fake news fake agendas um but you know if joe biden is canceling american keystone pipelines and really just I guess, canceling american energy independence i'm sure people have been to the gas stations and seen i I don't have my driver's license i don't know how to drive so i haven't been to the gas station really ever i guess but if I were, I'm sure I would be to pick a very oh, high wait, price wait, wait. point. You go
0: to the gas station. We went to the gas station in Sioux Falls. <laughs> we did? Well we walked, yeah. <laughs> we wanted to get some water.
1: Oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> And he, he didn't even bring his credit card, so I had to pay. Yeah uh, That's also true. Thank
0: <laughs> you for my water.
1: <laughs> you are very welcome. But so when Raheem and I went to that gas station, it's obviously very highly priced um yeah, because we, we have we, no yeah, gas. we definitely
0: looked yeah we looked we checked out the prices
1: no we, we were actually just pumping gas not a
0: car <laughs> that's one of the services you get when you join up at fundrealnews.com is we will uh we will pump gas for you we won't pay for the gas for you
1: we'll pump it i would love to do that i would love to learn how to pump gas um but <laughs> stop. wait stop. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't stop. To, stop. I don't know stop. To, i don't know how to do anything stop.
0: Stop, Jack, Jack of Jack of all trades, master of none, but the uh, complete opposite. Um, you, uh, yeah, I
1: have actually no real life experience,
0: or, or <laughs> skills, or you know. But here's the best thing about what you just said, and everybody's laughing at this right. There's not a single person listening to this right now that is not laughing at that. You said I would learn. Oh, no. I would love to learn how to pump gas. <laughs> Could you learn how to pump gas? I mean, you literally just put a nozzle in the hole and pull the trigger. It's not. You know, it's no learning, oh. There's no learning curve to it. It's like, oh yeah, you gotta you gotta twist it and shake it at the same time. Really get that gas. Get that gas real good in there. You know? Okay, I will
1: rephrase. <laughs>
0: I would, lo- I I would love to pump, pump gas. gas.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think, Natalie, <laughs> I think that's your cue to exit. <laughs>
1: Thank
0: you for having me. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, thanks to Natalie Winters for joining us today, walking us through some of those very important stories and giving me a good old giggle, which is desperately needed in these times. We should do a podcast on that as well. The importance of close friends and neighborliness at the moment. Very, very important to find people you trust. And uh, I'm off to do a phone call with one of our members. If you go to fundrealnews.com, you can find out the different membership packages. Some of them get you a private one-on-one phone call with me. They can go anywhere from 20 minutes, depending on what people have to say, or an hour sometimes. I've spent longer on the phone with people. I love those conversations, keeps me in touch with reality, because as you can tell, there's not much reality here in Washington DC. The other place I'm spending most of my time at the moment is New York, not much reality there either. And then, you know, Natalie thinks she has to learn how to pump gas. So (laughs) not a lot of reality in my life right now. So you guys are keeping me sane. Head on over to fundrealnews.com. And I don't just mean that as a thing that I just say on the podcast, like we really need you, like we really do. And if even if you can just give $5 a month, um, believe me, my biggest concern every day is that at some point we just are not able to exist anymore because it's not financially feasible. So if you can, or tell a friend or a colleague or a family member, or if you're already a member, you might really want to go up or a notch or two, anyway. We'll leave it there. I'll see you again maybe tomorrow for another episode of The National Pulse.